Hello, Knights of the World Table, and welcome to our 100th episode celebration. What we did for this episode is, uh, it's actually a series of little interviews. Over the course of about a month, I talked to each of our regular cast members about memories that they have from our five seasons that they appreciate. Uh, I actually had a good time going back into some of the older episodes and grabbing little clips of some of those memories, so you'll hear a few of those. Uh, We also have an interview between uh, Jeff and Chris and I. We do a little discussion of what it's been like to co-DM our epic story and how that's been working. You'll encounter kind of a weird hypothetical spoiler warning in the midst of that discussion because we talk a little bit about what we might envision for doing for the future. And even though the future of the podcast doesn't exist yet and hasn't been improvised, we may or may not have included some spoilers in talking about what we might want to do in the future. So if you want to if you want to stop listening and not be hypothetically spoiled for future episodes, there's a little announcement for when that happens. And we wrap up with a discussion of uh, the current cast and what they envisioned for the future. We also have a little thank you to all of our special guests throughout the seasons. And uh, a huge thank you to all of you who have listened to us this far and supported us, laughed with us, and and hung out through thick and thin. Finally, especially for those of you who have been great with sharing the podcast with your friends and sharing our things on social media like we've begged you to every single episode in the announcements. We have a kind of an anniversary giveaway thank you gift contest going on right now so if you're listening to this pretty close to when it comes out go to our at roll table twitter or instagram or facebook wherever you find us on social media and follow the instructions there to enter into a contest to win some cool tabletop role-playing game gifts that one of our lucky fan and supporters will uh, win so check us out there thank you as always for sharing and spreading the word so here we go First up, we have this discussion between Chris, Jeff, and I, where we share some of our favorite memories as players on the podcast. And a little bit later in this episode, we'll have the rest of this discussion where we talked a little bit more about the DM, the collective DM experience, and how that's going and where we envision it going in the future. Hey, this is Chris. And my favorite moment, I think it's hard to pick one, but uh, I think my favorite moment as a DM was the date episode in season two oh, yeah. uh, when everybody was on individual dates and just uh, playing four different characters with four different individual, uh, you know, individual uh, PCs was challenging, but it was also just kind of fun just to like jump around personalities. And, and it was neat. Cause like it was splitting the party in its most ultimate format. you know, all four of you were separate um, and just kind of like, this is either going to fail terribly or it's going to be really fun just to just to see this happen. And we only did like two scenes with each characters, but it was still it was still pretty fun. My memory is you did that pretty much live the way it went. And you're like cutting back and forth between the scenes was so good. You found such great moments to like, OK, we leave that. We go to Sarsa yeah. in, the, in the restaurant like, wow, so that was so great. Yeah, that but that was edited in real time, <laughs> kind of. And then. So that I think that was that was up there. Um, some of my favorite moments from other players. I love this is a kind of a bigger one, but I love uh, just 
the journey of Celius as a, as a character mm-hmm. uh, from Matt, uh, just because he's such a positive hero and he's not, he doesn't have a tragic backstory. He's just like, I just want to have an adventure. And I just love that. Like it's kind of stayed consistent. And only when I almost killed his husband, you know, like, did he, did he get a little bit like, shut up? You know, like he was mm-hmm. getting a little panicked, but yeah, that was a nice moment. And on the opposite side of that, I like Weston playing Soot, uh, having this anti-hero arc of generally being kind of a up to no good. And then like he has this moment where he's like ready to kill himself, essentially. And and just like, oh, these people actually care about me. And uh, in some way, like they're concerned with what's going to happen. And then he kind of comes around and sort of not becomes a good guy, but at least becomes a team player at least. Mm-hmm. I, I think I my my favorite moment as gravely was shooting the arrow into the chain, um, yes. uh, making that insane like you know shot of just like it wasn't even killing the big bad. It was it was like I'm gonna like that that Robin Hood Prince of Thieves moment of just like follow the arrow camera, and uh, yeah, that was that was fun. It hits that chain as well as it can hit that chain. <laughs> the, it, so the arrow flies out. It wedges itself right in between two links of the chain, which uh, sort of sends a ripple up the chain and into the battlements and seems to uh, somehow lodge <laughs> XX Bloody Heart's piece of timber in just the right way <laughs> by chance to cause the cranking mechanism to just like completely dismantle. <laughs> It appears that the drawbridge will not go up. (laughs) That was, I didn't think about that one, but in terms of like favorite things that I've done, that might be one of them for like, your plan is basically to shoot a chain. Like, how am I going to, what? Okay, whatever. Fine, roll for it. And then you crit. And like hitting on the idea of how that could work in a comedic way to make XX Bloody Heart things that he had failed with previously suddenly work was (laughs) like i'm definitely proud of coming up with that in the The gate doesn't work (laughs) and and then he became a camel and then coach leapt over the wall (laughs) like all these things happened yeah that was sexy a lot of things about that that finale worked well because all of y'all being awesome jeff coming up with fun ideas favorite moments either as a player or as a other 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 favorite moments? Uh, I'll I'll piggyback and say that uh, my favorite moment being a player was the uh, the cloak of camouflage, <laughs> and just just that it was like I just called out Zach for mispronouncing a word, and then that has become canon now, and like yep. is part of this this dumb thing that we keep doing and talking <laughs> about. <laughs> This cloak is generally black in color, but it actually somewhat like has sort of like a magical shimmery camouflage. Camouflage. It makes you look like a camel. (laughs) Oh, wonderful! It's incredibly good. A dromedary camel. camel. Yeah. Okay. One hump. Split toe. Yeah. Uh, You can choose dromedary or bactrian. Yep. It's very Mm -hmm. versatile. Wonderful. Anyway, so it gives you plus two camel facts. It gives you plus two to stealth. Rolls. Okay. It makes it gives you advantage. It imposes disadvantage on trying someone trying to find you when you're hidden, and it gives you plus four to attempts to impersonate a camel dromedary. Wow. <laughs> wow. Plus Case four. That, yeah. No, nope, that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. 
it's yep. like literally like that's exactly you guys know me that's like literally the my thing like i yep. love the dumbest calls it out well you you'd made it a thing for your character and now that went up and then zach's character igneous found is that and now it. he has it <laughs> he, he is the camel so he is the camel you have your own misfortune essentially <laughs> yeah, it, came back to me. it came back to you Stupid like camel. <laughs> <laughs> you're, wear, you're wearing your own igneous's moments of like why would something like this exist this doesn't make any sense <sighs> but it's uh, uh yeah i again i think i said this before in another time but like when you look at all of the ridiculous items that exist like there is some story behind them in the like real world in the re- quote unquote real world that exists and like for this item to be in like this world is great because it was perfect for the one thing it was unintentionally designed for and used and was a critical thing but now is just this random curiosity which was clearly infiltrating a band of rogue camels that needed to be taken out yeah well speaking of ridiculous items i have to throw in there you're Jeff uh, in season three, just the shopkeeper uh, having the <laughs> list of ridiculous, not useful magic items. And oh, Jeff beautiful. had this gigantic stack of actual cards. But look, he okay. picks it back up. It goes a, back to it's a, a little walking stick. Yeah, but then and now it's a full size walking stick to help you cool. with it, it lights things on fire. No, that's all it does. Hey, how about this? This is called the letter closer. You can use it. It's like a regular letter opener, but it opens letters and then it will reseal the same letter as if uh, perfectly closed. How about this? Gold acid. If you got hot gold that you need to get rid of, just dump it in here and it'll instantly turn into steel. Good way to get rid of your stolen gold that you don't need. Hey, look over here. I got the ring. Why would you devalue the gold? Wait, just out of curiosity. How much gold would it cost to buy the gold-destroying acid from you? Six gold. Can you change it back from lead to gold later? Well, it turns into steel, no. Do you have anything that's actually useful? Of course. I've got the ring of ethereal miasma. Wear this ring right here, and this stone that's on it, it will change colors in the presence of a ghost. (laughs) If you're not interested in that, how about the portrait of Madame Lawrence? This, he pulls up a big painting with a frame on it. (laughs) It's very large. And he says, this curiosity has a portrait of a woman, but she's actually growing younger in it. Look at this. Brutialziti. One glass of this sparkling wine will lessen your weight by 25 pounds. That's a, that's a 10, 10 gold this piece. This place one. is making my brain hurt. Ooh, I don't want to... And there were more, and it was just, we were dying. It was so funny. That was a lot of fun. That was in the Giaca. Yeah, that was great. Um, my favorite moment that I earnestly enjoyed as a listener Um, Because I was away from the pod for some time and season three was that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the episode where you guys went into the cave where there were the duplicates of you guys that you played. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to like play yourselves as somebody being an imposter of you was such an absolute treat to listen to. And, you know, I, when I was listening to that, I was like, Hey, this is actually a good podcast. I, you know what, <laughs> you know what? I'm in, I, I I'm all for it now. Uh, that was a, that was a 
trippy episode. <laughs> I don't think like when I was like charmed, Chris gave me a little card that said like, this is what you have to do. But like, I think for that moment, like he just kind of like prompted us. He's kind of, I feel like Chris just kind of gave like a nod of play this doppelganger now. And we mm-hmm. all just kind of like jumped on like, okay, now I'm, I have to occupy the role of this doppelganger being me and also me at the same time. And everybody just like jumped on it and had fun with it. And I had no idea you guys did that or that that was coming or, you know, it wasn't anything I had any knowledge of. So like, honestly, and genuinely listening to it as a listener was, it was such a, it was such a treat and it was uh, a great moment that all of you guys did. So that's like my favorite collective moment that y'all did. That was fun. Sarsa fighting Sarsa. (laughs) (laughs) Sister against sister. Jen role-playing herself, beating herself up. (laughs) That was pretty fun. Tries to shoot some thunder uh-huh. out at me and it misses and there's just Sarsa on Sarsa, red hair flying, <laughs> tails everywhere, horns God knows can, where. Can, can, we hear, can we hear Sarsa fighting Sarsa? I get your hands off of me, you wee wench. Oh, I know what those hands have been. You best be cleaning up now. Oi, you smell like fire and... Farts. <laughs> Fake lizard, lizard coach eating, eating people was in there. Eating oh. Jarek. Yep. Uh, like real Jarek, convincing himself that it was the fake Jarek. <laughs> that was good. Zach, what about you? Yeah, my favorite me moments. Hmm. I mean, I think one of my favorite moments, for, for sure, favorite igneous moment, I think is. Uh, knocking the crime lord out of the top floor and then using my new like slow fall ability to glide down and then jeff just so grabbed that moment and just like (laughs) saw what was going on and added everything he could to make it awesome which i think he did a lot of in that season like oh he falls in a cement mixer and it like goes on him and there's these other like people around in the foreman and they're like get back to work and like orchestrating being able to run a slave revolt and then run back upstairs and then biscuit and (laughs) Iggy jumping out again. That whole moment was just so fun. And I felt like, so, you know, it was just like setting up to let Igneous shine. Mm -hmm. That moment was a lot of fun. I knew as soon as you would add, like there's some moments as a DM where like a player will ask something and you're just like, Mm -hmm. I see you, I see what you're doing. And like, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, yes, I'm in on this too. You were like, uh, how far away from the windows is he? And I was like, <laughs> you're going to kick him out the window and fly down, aren't you? And it was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A reasonable <laughs> distance to kick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. You definitely could do that. Um, and uh, you see him say, no, I was going to be so much more evil. This was the right thing to do. <laughs> and he get, he slams he slams into an open cement mixer. Uh, <laughs> and it goes and it uh, topples over. And then it hits a bunch of bricks that were being set up to build a new part of the building. And they go and it completely crushes him people all start to kind of rush over and they're looking up and they're seeing you uh, slowly float down (laughs) and they're like oh that's he just that was our boss it was him and they uh, see you uh, slowly fall down to the ground 
Yes, yes, yes. I would say also, I mean, I was thinking whatever my favorite moment on the podcast is probably a Jarek moment because I really love playing Jarek, but they kind of like we're all equal. I didn't come up with a specific moment, but also another moment I'm really proud of is the little sequence with the XX gang in season three of the the portal jumping with Carol was a lot of fun and kind of like throwing out the different scenarios and the demon and swamp monster and all of that. So a little bit similar to the dates episodes of like those like little different sequences to jump between, I think have been like fun moments. And I feel like you're kind of like including that structurally in season five, the notion of like pick which of these nights you want to go rescue. I think that's like very fun, high energy format everything every every everything's a little bit different and the portal jumping was a lot of fun and my favorite thing to like observe and watch i was involved but like the thing that i throw out to anybody who like if i want somebody to listen to one episode is the the first one shot dude where's my sword one shot was Mm -hmm. so great and jen and and chris you and jen collaborating on that was just such a great job it was so fun to be a player in and I feel like the whole thing, the whole like night recording that, like it reminds me of like a home run derby of just like <laughs> it's pitchers throwing a fastball down the middle so you can knock it out of the park and just take turns <laughs> knocking it out of the park. Because all of us as players totally like we get it, we get the sequence, we get the fun and you just like kept setting us up over and over again to like nail them it's so fun to listen to uh, it. I've listened to it several times I, showing I, other people. I just remember making up the names of the the nymphs uh, on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> Drimp. Things yeah. Like that. There was such good names. Dri- Dribble, snap, or I don't know. I just was like, yes. you know, the, yes. they were ridiculous and they talked like, like oh my God, they come over here in the water. Yes. <laughs> you should come over here. <laughs> Derek had a line at some point like, no, stop talking like that. Cut it out. We're not, no, get out of the water. <laughs> Him. Hi, I'm Buttercrimp. Hi, Buttercrimp. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm Lavendrip. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. you um, Lavendrip. You, you immediately. Hello, everybody. So I am here now. This is Zach here, and I am sitting with Jen and Matt to do some reminiscing we're doing this whole thing in in chunks as we different pieces of us chunks is a, a terrible bit. word why just would like, you call it that you know big old just chunks of Ugh. fun and love big um, meaty chunks yeah oh no we're why just, not something like sections we're just or... hawking them up hawking up chunks of, chunks of good good memories Uh-oh. um anyway so as you hear i'm here with jen say hi jen hi jen and matt hey matt hello and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk the three of us about some of Jen and Matt's favorite moments. So uh, we'll start with Matt because I think he actually has one in mind. Uh, Matt, what I'm offended, the... <laughs> but you're right because <laughs> we just discussed a minute ago. <laughs> Jen is like, I remember nothing. I don't know. <laughs> she she lives in the moment. So Matt, way to be <laughs> for you. Like, what's a what's one of your favorite moments from from something that you've done in the course of our I five think... seasons? I think one of my favorite moments was when uh, Branch reappeared uh, after his little hiatus uh, oh, yeah. and came out from the island as a giant octopus and like swam across the seas, climbed up on a boat and then yeeted a sailor off the side of the boat. <laughs> one of the bad guys. 
That was fun. I always enjoy that. And plus, I think everyone else was like, what? Branch is back. And that was fun. That was a good return. I sidelined you for a lot of that season. So yeah. I'm glad we can make your return count. It was that fun. Was plus, like a literally very large scale return. Yes, yes, it was. I was like, oh, I get to use a giant octopus form. And then I just stayed in it and couldn't. And talk most of us didn't even know who you were, too, because all we saw was an octopus. Yep. Which was also fun. I enjoyed that aspect of it. It's like, it's like blah, 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 blah. This pirate is running full speed towards Maya to attack her because she looks like an easy target. And then this octopus gets in front and definitely like momentum is stopped and then kind of like stumble backwards as you overtake them and tentacle attack. So I got a 24 to hit. <laughs> hit. 10 damage and they are grappled. Yep. He just runs and all of a sudden you just see him go, and he like lift up and just bam. There's, yep. Their escape DC is 16. That would be on their turn? Doesn't say, but I assume. Yeah. And then it says until the grapple ends, the target is restrained. Yeah. So that one on their turn, they can try to escape. You got anything else to do with giant octopus? No. All right. Just the one tentacle attack? Yep. Cool. There, you don't get like seven more of those? No, I got to use all my tentacles on this one thing. <sighs> all right. Cool. That person seems handled for the moment. Or tentacled. Very good. How about you, Jen? You have a favorite moment that comes to mind? Oh, there's too many. I like the whole bit with Chef uh, Gordon, Gordon mm-hmm. Ram's head was just like, it was just lovely and fun. I don't know that I was necessarily spectacular in that moment. I know I brought it up before. Actually, I really did love uh, when we had Maya and the Orcs. Um, oh, because yeah. that was oh, one of those beautiful yeah. D&D moments that like probably shouldn't have worked, but did and was totally in character and just like was a really fun uh, way to approach, you know, not always having to go straight to like mm-hmm. combat <laughs> and head on frontal assault. Yeah, did they come sure back moment. at some point? They did. Yeah. Times. They came and helped fight the gnolls later. And then we kind of between sessions forgot they were around, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but then they went up to work with Coach and they're up there helping them oh, out with the mines. That's yeah. right. So, you know, just nice to know that there's different ways to approach combat, but also like I think a great example of as uh, a DM giving player agency um, and allowing their choices to impact the larger world and having those callbacks was was super fun and that really that was, that was fully one of those moments like i i have no idea what i was actually like expecting might happen in that episode but it absolutely it could have been a fight it could have been i probably imagined it as probably more of a stealth mission where you had to sneak past them but like maya just maya her way in there and <laughs> it worked great <laughs> all right so uh my performance is a dirty 20 Nice. Mm. They're very impressive. <laughs> like they definitely like they went on their guard and then like kind of like started bobbing a little bit <laughs> to the music and kind of dancing. They both have spears. They kind of moved along with the spears. She's a compelling. Yeah. Like, yeah. like this is what But do they really get it? You know, like do they really get it? Because sometimes you have to listen to a song a few times to really like get the lyrics. Oh, the so OSO really set up a like, nice like, performance <laughs> this time. It's like Fleetwood Mac. Like so, you don't really get it on the First list. Yeah, so go ahead and roll uh, persuasion also. Oh no. Oh no. That's a nine. 
that's not terrible. Nine total with your bonus? Yeah. Oh, well, that is kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it doesn't look like they get it. It was a two, but... Ooh, wow. And then plus my seven. Also, not totally clear what their understanding of... I'm assuming that song was in common and not like Orc. <laughs> Listen, it's music is universal, Jack. <laughs> yeah, well, they got the music. Uh, but you don't quite understand know what they they don't send a team but to be. They're pull, not like making their I'm own flower pull a crowns flower or anything. Out of my flower uh-huh. crown and present it to them. <laughs> All right. So they both stare at it, and then one of them reaches out and takes it gently from you, and then sniffs it and then eats it. <laughs> so and the- then kind of like munches it a little bit, and then like bleh, didn't taste it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're not yet. They're not in a. <laughs> you've definitely got that close to them <laughs> without mm-hmm. them like stabbing you or anything. Fun world building. And uh, that really, like, I mean, I know that that wasn't the first time that Maya attempted to Maya things. And a lot of times the Maya attempting did not go spectacularly <laughs> well. Um, I'm pretty sure she nearly lost an eye one time, but like, it was just nice. It, it kind of gave a glimmer of hope that, you know, sometimes this will pay off and mm-hmm. um, worth it. Just yeah, the, kind of the, reinforce that element of the character. too. It's worth it when she went wrong too. Like yes. I love the moments that Maya will always try that. And if it goes wrong, she's like, okay, I'll kill you. <laughs> but like, she gives you a chance to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of Maya trying to be subtle and stealthy. Like when you you said you pictured it as a stealth mission. That (laughs) probably was not not destined to work that way. Hello. There's there's no there's no mute version of of Mm -hmm. her. Well, so how about our other question back to Matt? What's a moment that you really appreciate about so led by somebody else? Actually, it was a a bad thing that happened, but as a player i enjoyed my character hated it but mm-hmm. uh i loved when cass betrayed us all mm-hmm. because in particular i think we talked about this in the season wrap-up of that season but um matt acevedo was like the nicest human being <laughs> on the planet mm. and so to have him be the person who did the betrayal <laughs> was hey guys like <laughs> so surprising like it i it, it completely caught me off guard and it was brilliant and fun and I love Matt. So getting to play with him in the first place was fun. It was uh, but definitely, then, I think, a very, that was such a genuine reaction. Yeah. And that was what was fun. It was very cool. How about you, Jen? I really forever ship the like bromance slash competitive thing between Jarek and Massimo. <laughs> um, yeah. Like that whole dynamic is just. Like I literally built a one shot around it because it just brought me so much joy. So like just their whole evolution is something that I will forever dearly treasure. I also too, uh, I was just kind of like diving back into some of the old stuff and to bring up like a coach thing, coach with that mace of switching mm-hmm. oh, yeah. to go back to that with the aklika. And he ate Salias. <laughs> Yeah, no, like that went so, like there was that whole like little dungeon crawl that we did that, you know, he was the giant lizard or whatever Mm -hmm. he was. And then we had the doppelgangers. um, And the moose. And the, (laughs) tell me a story. Tell me a story. Uh, That like whole little shebang was just such a fun it was obviously like there was challenge for the characters and stuff and, 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 you know, 
we all met it in our own little ways. But yeah, I just, I remember that mace and just when you'd hear that uh, clicker, it was like, oh my God, what is going to happen mm-hmm. now? <laughs> and I don't, I don't usually get super hung up on like objects in the game, but that was one of those where it was such a cool pairing with that particular character of like, this guy is not really smart enough to OP this item that is super OP. And it was, it was really, I think just a special thing. Didn't he like walk down the street as a bear at one yeah. point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why? Because. <laughs> Amazing. Just reasons. Yeah. That, that whole season was really fun. What I shared as one of my favorite things that somebody else has done was that whole one shot, Jen, that you hey! Chris created. So, I mean, I think that's interesting to hear because I really think of that as like where that Jarek and Massimo dynamic developed. Um, no, but it wasn't. Was, I mean, it started immediately when Massimo like revealed himself as Massimo. They fell into that dynamic. So, I mean, it's cool to hear that like that, you know, it's probably minutes long exchange or one or two minutes long exchanges between Derek and Massimo inspired my favorite one shot and other stuff went forward with that. I remember when Jeff like debuted his like Massimo persona when like Ramara uh, like healed him. <laughs> And she was like, I think Emily, who is who's Jeff's like real life partner <laughs> playing Ramara and also Chris, were both looking at Jeff like, really? <laughs> That's how you're going to play it? And he's like, yep, because they were all I think like the discussion had been at least this is my take. I don't know what the three of them know, but like the take was like from Massimo is this like totally pure of heart great hero that like legitimately like that's like what it was all about and for him to play like great hero but he's also this kind of like goofy arrogant guy was like are you sure and i know emily specifically was like well that means i have to be in love my character has to be the kind of person who fell in love with that kind of character thanks a lot but that reflects some of their real dynamic too it yeah, works. <laughs> it's, it's always nice when you know art imitates life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we recently did a. Uh, it's not part of the podcast. We did it like live for an event. Recently, we did uh, Ramara and Massimo in like couples therapy, but it was also kind of a dungeon. It was like a dungeon master therapist, and they had to like process some of their issues, and it turned into fighting a giant robotic Massimo baby that represented their like potential I feel like there's child. a Rick and Morty episode that is <laughs> shockingly close to what you're describing but yeah that's that's I haven't seen that one so it just must ah. be some sort of universal truth that we're all, <laughs> we're amazing. all reflecting that's funny yeah I mean like their whole dynamic first of all Emily uh was brilliant coming in and and you know I know she didn't have super huge background knowledge of D&D but she really kind of just dove into that character Mm -hmm. and um, was such a good foil for all of the shenaniganery that was kind of uh, swirling around this Mm -hmm. really probably too competent individual which again very on brand for Emily yeah she Um, was great her character was the most OP character we've had. I feel like just destroyed people. Yeah, no, her only her only weakness was the fact that she was saddled with like all of us. Yep. Uh, yeah. I gotta follow around these idiots. Yeah. I'm gonna psychic nuke you or 
<laughs> all the names, all the all the names of her, of her powers were. It's like awesome. mind melt or yeah. whatever it was like. Mind lash, I think, is one. Of oh them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Psych- yeah. Yeah. Something thrust. There's definitely a thrust that's in one of a the things. A mental thrust. Like yeah. Thrust. Woof. Hot. <sighs> all right. Well, uh, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Can I throw an honorable mention in for one of my favorite moments? Yes, please. Uh, when Celius got to fly coach. Yes. That is also one of my favorite things. The Celius <laughs> coach dynamic and the, <laughs> the, the like constant misunderstanding, inadvertent homoerotic statements from coach, like, get on top of me. It was amazing. And then Chris as Jabin playing into that. that oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. So good between the three of them. Like, weirdly, consistently wholesome. But also, <laughs> it's, like, I really, it's, I think it's only because of the shorts. It was only yeah, because of Coach and yeah. the shorts. And, yeah, Weston's yeah. consistent, just like angle on that was just so fun <laughs> all the time. Jamin, and then we run. Celius rode me all the way over here. <laughs> Shut up, Coach. <laughs> and then we run, and I'm he's gonna. I'm gonna book it towards that door. All right, so this is Zach again, and I'm here with Carlos. Carlos, join the podcast midway. Season three is Tiburon, uh, expecting to be on a couple of episodes, and we didn't let him leave, and then has played... Who are your characters? Give us the rundown of your experience in the podcast, first of uh, all, and then we'll talk about it. I have played uh, Tiburon, mm-hmm. uh, the fighter sailor. Uh, then I also played Delith. The lovable rogue, and uh, I'm I played and continue to play as Yenny, the uh, halfling raised by orcs uh, barbarian. So, any favorite moments that come to mind for between all those characters? Oh, you know, I feel like probably favorite moment for me that I got to do is. Um, I don't have tons of D&D experience in, in like campaigns that run longer than say like a session or two. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's, there's usually no time to really like build up payoffs in a lot of the stuff that I participated in that that were fun for what they were, but you you just don't have enough time to kind of like pay things off. And I felt like a really great payoff, uh, was when, uh, Tiburon, Got to uh, ride a shark yes. uh, with his with his uh, trident uh, hoisted in the air, and then help like rescue people. Some of the people of Giaka when um, the the sort of big uh, tsunami hit the town. Um, I thought it, it obviously like the session was like building in that direction, but mm-hmm. just just to be able to do something that like I, I could literally envision in like a TV show or or a comic book page or something as like a big big sort of image uh was uh, was was really fulfilling in looking down and regarding the water do i happen to see any sort of sea creatures down there uh yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> roll perception all right 18 what you happen to see looking down below you as you're now up in about eight feet of water that's rapidly filling in. <laughs> so you're, the, you're in the center of the bowl of this town. It's rapidly filling in. You're now about eight feet up and you happen to look down and see 
a very confused but very large great white shark. Awesome. All right. I uh, grab my trident from my back. Do I have to point it in the direction of the creature? I, I wish assume to, uh, so, yes. Dominate? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Great. So I point it straight down and I uh, cast Dominate Beast. Oh, I just generated a great white shark. It probably has stats somewhere. Let me just do a wisdom. <laughs> you did this to yourself. I'm sure Giant Shark is in the monster manual. Uh, but I have rolled, and you have control of this very, very confused shark. But now obedient and not okay. hostile. Awesome. <laughs> okay, in. Hmm. In communicating with the the shark, because I can mind communicate with him, right? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna ask the shark, "Can I take a ride, fella?" The shark's just like, "What is <laughs> what? I I guess so." <laughs> Here's stats for a reef shark plus zero to wisdom. That holds up. All right, so. <laughs> Like, uh, I get sure, sure, yeah. You seem confident. It seems soothed by your confidence that this is okay, and it kind of like comes up for you to write it. Okay, awesome. Well, let's do it in the most dramatic fashion possible, and let's have it come up beneath me. Right as he's about to leap out of the water, I jump up in the air, land on it oh while my holding my trident up, and going, follow me, you briny bastards, to everyone else who's around me. <laughs> I love this so much! Uh, and, and fun fact, uh, the I, I believe the first take we did of that one while recording uh, was not PG-13 rated, uh, <laughs> because I was so excited. Uh, so there's there's an R-rated version of how excited I was to be riding a shark out there. If that's true, I probably have it recorded on one big reel of things I've cut out. So at some point, we have planned to get that out to our adult adult fans because it's just like a 20-minute compilation of things that couldn't be in a PG-13 podcast. So. <laughs> Yes, that was a good moment. And as soon as you were like fishing around, literally and figuratively, for like, do I see any like sharks out there? I was like, oh yeah, absolutely you do. For sure, that was fun. Everything I wanted out of that like little sequence where I just kind of said like, all of you go do whatever you can to save the town. It's up to you. And that was a great, great application of that concept. So how about um, another moment that you were a little bit more just like you enjoyed being an audience member for? So I believe this was in the probably like second session I participated in. Uh And um, it it, uh, kicked off with uh, Maya getting killed. And the ship kind of like breaking out into chaos um, and, and a lot of stuff sort of going on. And one one thing that sort of uh, happened in 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 the sort of chaos and, and kind of like post uh, post action was uh, Soot kind of trying to uh, jump ship mm-hmm. or or sort of like in, in essence, abandon the team. Right. And, and then I remember it's um, uh, Chris's character gravely, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and Soot sort of have this moment below deck and, and they have like a conversation and it was kind of the moment that I realized, like I knew the podcast had sort of been like long running, mm-hmm. but I was, I was sort of new on board and I had a good idea from my first session, sort of what to expect from like the sort of moment to moment 
kind of like immediate things, but I didn't know like what sort of narratives were gonna gonna be unfolding uh, in in the campaign, and that one was such a good um, example of like something that 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 emerged organically, but that grew the characters mm-hmm. in a very interesting direction. And that allowed the players to sort of explore things that aren't just killing an orc or saving a town or um, something where like the 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 morality or the outcomes can be like very straightforward seeming or what someone does or says, um, even though it's up to them to say the actual words, like it can it, it can feel a little bit like you you know when you have like a moment for a one liner, you know mm-hmm. when you have like a moment to sort of like. Oh well, we're all afraid because we're in a spooky cave, but but that one seemed like a very naturally emerging narrative moment of sort of uh, a character having to confront another character within the same party and go like there's there's obviously friction that exists here, and you 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 literally gotta like ship up or or uh, ship out, mm-hmm. you know, and and it just being presented in kind of like. Not not necessarily stark terms, but like very um, natural and and very um, um, sort of from the character uh, seeming conversation was uh, I thought uh, a I was I was very impressed with the great work that Chris and Weston sort of imbued the scene with mm-hmm. and and then I was also impressed that you Zach sort of as a DM gave the space <laughs> to allow for a scene like that to, yeah, to unfold. I was gonna say my role in that is getting out of the way. Right. <laughs> like when, but, when, when Soot like jumped ship and everything, and which is not something at all I was prepared of, like just allowing that to happen and just taking it one step at a time. And man, Chris and Weston absolutely, just like you're saying, just stepped up and made that an incredible moment. Oh, hey, if, if you come down here to th- watch them uh, torture me, because that's the really only expectation that I have. Sitting here. They're not going to torture you. The two guards down there look very, like, annoyed. Like, I'm, they roll their eyes because he's clearly claimed that several times already. Uh, why don't you guys take a break? I'll, I'll, I'll watch him. So, yeah, you guys go take a break. They both head off a little bit, uh, probably not quite out of earshot, but, like, to the doorway to give you a little bit of space. Gravely, you got to get me out of here right now. I will. I, I, listen, I feel bad that you, you're in here, but... You've, you've got to promise to cool it a little bit with the dead things and the trying to steal things. It's just not not the way things are done on this type of vessel. I mean, I'm not even a pirate, and I know that's not cool. Listen, the only way to stay alive is to watch out for yourself, okay? Yes, but we made an agreement that we would look for treasure, and we've kind of agreed for safe passage and you don't try to grab things in the middle of the ocean when right after a demolishing sea voyage why not (sighs) to build trust so it trust me all right i know we haven't known each other very long but just maybe if we see this through a little bit longer you'll be able to come out of it alive with your more helpers and and maybe a little bit of money. That's just, that's not my aim. I'm. I don't have much time left. What are you talking about? Listen, I I read how long kobolds live. Okay, 
I I know the studies that have been done. Okay? I am I'm running out of time. I I can't I can't buy time gravely. Right. I can't, I can't buy time. And, and the only thing that's going to get me closer to my goal is stay alive. I understand that. It's, very, it's a very dangerous place out here. But we need to stick together. Yeah, and, and I think that's a very important lesson that sort of a lot of DMs can take to heart. You know, especially when you have, like, a very cool idea of what you want to happen. Mm-hmm. But sometimes your cool ideas don't involve or predict the quieter moments, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes it's about allowing space without letting your f- players feel aimless, but, like, have places where you as a DM can essentially recede into the background until you're needed again mm-hmm. and let things, like, actually play out um, with dynamics that already kind of exist between characters or with scenes that are kind of like already unfolding and really you don't need to add much more than, you know, if they ask you, what does an NPC say? Or, you know, does someone bring us our food at a pub or something, yeah. you know? But but just just to know that it, it can be very tempting, like, as a DM to, to kind of like, because you've made up so many cool things, like, um, either like over-explain or over-involve yourself. Mm-hmm. In, in certain moments, um, and I think it takes a, a particular tact and um, a, a good kind of ear and eye to spot the moments when you know, like, gotta let this play out, gotta, gotta see where this goes, um, before you kind of, like, in, inter, interject or, or bring the world kind of um, to, 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 to the forefront again. Yeah, and, and you don't know when they're going to happen, because I think sometimes DMs will be like... Okay, so now you're you're there at camp and you have some time to talk. Go ahead and talk. And like a lot of times those moments are like that's when the DM is like this is where I'll let the peop- the the players improvise a little bit, but the like pressure of it and also like absence of it's it's literally sometimes the same amount of just like how you would talk at dinner like kind of making small talk and whatever, but so that's not when those big conversations necessarily will happen. So whenever they do happen, just like back up. <laughs> let them go for sure. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you very much. You've been an incredible addition to the podcast, brought so many great moments, thank great you. characters, loving Yenny this season. And uh, thanks for hanging out. Cool, cool. Hello, everybody. So this is Zach again, and I am here with our old friend, superstar TTRPG uh raising to grand heights weston <laughs> gardner started Hi. small on our little podcast weston what you've been up to lately oh my gosh uh so so very much i've been over on tiktok I've been making like i think i've done over 70 different D parody songs uh over there doing lots of like D sketches and making tons of music uh, collaborating with other amazing people in the TTRPG community. I just got back from Gen Con. I played in a uh, a game there uh, with a bunch of amazing, uh, bunch of amazing creators. It was it was a ton of fun just being able to see everybody. I think I met thirty or forty people who I've been chatting with all through the pandemic. Other other creators uh, in the space that I've met from Instagram or that I've met from TikTok. I was just thinking, like, this would be the spot where I like tell everybody, hey, if you're on t- if you're on TikTok and you're into role playing games, definitely follow Arcane Anthems. But like, you're probably 
well past the level where anybody who's on TikTok into role-playing games has probably come across arcane anthems because you do some great great stuff that and i'm sure I mean, tiktok throws it at a lot of people there's there's so many really really good ttrpg people uh, creators who just make the most fun stuff that's very easy to get kind of lost mm-hmm. lost in the like in the scroll i guess mm-hmm. get lost on the for you page um, but I, I consider everybody who likes my stuff, like it's just a, it's a, it's a privilege to be able to do this as a living now and, uh, make free RPG music and, uh, do parodies and play in games and play uh, like I get, I get now I get to play, uh, with the same way how I felt in Knights of the World Table, where I got to play with these like amazing people all the time that it just keeps going, you know, like, like I, 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 I don't have to play in bad games ever again because <laughs> I have so many awesome creators to play with now and so many just friends uh, in this space uh, that even if you know everybody's busy, some people aren't. And uh, I've, I've been running some shows over on Twitch. I, I've done about 12 different episodes of uh, one shots where I've taken like four different creators per episode and run them through uh, a one shot in three hours and just had an absolute blast. Um, so I, I'm starting up a new show actually called One Shot 101, where Ooh. I teach non D and D creators how to play Dungeons and Dragons on Twitch. And yeah, on Twitch, it'll be awesome. uh, on Twitch on uh, Twitch.tv/ArcaneAnthems. And I have some really incredible guests who have been very fortunate that they've agreed to be on the show. So I'm excited to reveal that in time. Awesome. Well, we will keep tuned in. Sounds great. So uh, back in the day. Before, yeah. when all of that was just like seeds in the mind of Weston, you were coach in season one and two. You were kind of our first like main carryover character and then soot in season three. So mm-hmm. um, what were some of your favorite moments from uh, your time on the podcast? Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I think I think my favorite moments were when I as a player, I just couldn't speak because I was just laughing too hard. Like <laughs> I like I just I physically could not role play because I was just laughing uh, at the antics that were that were going on. I, I think back to the the fake court scene mm-hmm. where everybody was, you know, at, at the fake court lunch with Jeff acting absolutely redonkulous. I, I think oh, Maya's bio fake court. Yes. With the oh, yeah. My it, it was Maya's bio. Cucumber yeah. sandwiches moments. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. All of that with the squirrels. And I, I, I just I, I lost it. I just lost my mind uh, in the plants. I think in season three. Uh, where all of us became the talk with the plants. talking plants. Oh, that was a great moment. <laughs> Colin, uh, just so much fun stuff. Uh, I also think about when uh, Jeff was just riddling off magic item after magic item <laughs> after magic item, and it didn't stop. I, I think I think he might have gotten through like thirty. I, I mean, it was, and, and he's like, "No, I got more." I'm like, "Oh." my and 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 each one was like more ridiculous than the one before i just those those moments like where i'm just i'm in tears i'm just dying like i can't i can't i can't contain myself at just the hilarity of what is happening um, yeah, i really love those moments and i think they're something that's pretty unique that we do compared to like a lot of other shows just those moments of uh 
where everybody kind of like jumps into, <laughs> we're all going to co-DM this scene. Clearly, everybody needs to jump in and be a different talking plant right now. Or clearly, everybody needs to jump in and play fake court characters. Those are definitely my favorite moments. And they're not like agreed upon. There's no like behind the scenes gesture of like, hey, you do this, you do this. It's not a plan. It's just everybody feels the moment and jumps in. Those are definitely some of my favorites too. And I hadn't thought about those in a while. Hello, plants. Hi. Hey, guys. Sorry. Just for a second. I'm sorry we hit you with our ship. Apologize for that. Hopefully you'll grow back. But have any, it's really important that if there's any sort of big purple constructs, have they seen them? Have they gone by here oh, recently? Well, oh, hold on, Dave, guys. Let me take this. Um, yeah. Okay, you, hey, you, well, right there. First of all, you hit Dave, and I'm very upset about that. I'm super sorry Dave about that. I really apologize. Oh, I didn't like he was, him. He we'll get you. Dave, <laughs> let, me, let me take this one, guys. Um, we'll get you fertilizer. A, it's good. You're looking for a giant um, metal construct, you said? Yes. Purple well, crystals. Yeah, um, I, there was one that just flew by a couple of minutes ago, and it flew into that second-story window uh, over there. Over, over there. there? Can you point at that? Oh, you probably can't point. Uh, I can't uh, really point, this, but it's it's. I'm looking that at one it right where I'm pointing right now. Leaves. Nope. Go to the left. That, oh, this go one. Left and go, left. Left. go up a little bit. Yeah, 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 that's the one. That's the one. Okay. Thank you so much. I promise we'll take care of Dave. We'll be back soon. All right, it's up there. That one. Get more bees. <laughs> Can we just do an all plant camp? <laughs> <laughs> so, we we take group world building very seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and and and, and I, I like you said. Like, I do love that we just look at each other and we're like, oh, this is happening. Like, we're we are we are creating this entire scene together now. We are no longer our individual characters. We are now something else entirely. And I've I've taken that into my own personal games where I'll have uh, my my players or my guests uh, on on the show tell me about this person that they're now meeting, you know, like that 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 they've known in their past. Like, mm-hmm. tell me about this person and really challenging them to use those improv skills. And I think that's that's the thing about nights is man, like obviously all being professional imp- improv actors, that skill is just through the roof amazing um and and that's something that i've taken from nights and i've kind of like taught out like i've i've uh taught out to my players and really encouraged them uh to to good effect or to not so good effect (laughs) sometimes if if they aren't quite prepared um but i i really love that that group uh, ideal of of building this world together and i always try and leave space for that awesome Awesome, awesome. So those are some other people's scenes. Is there a particular moment that that you're very proud of that you did as one of your characters? I think the moment that the the first moment that stuck out in my head was your face when I announced <laughs> that Soot was uh, had a chest full of like dead bodies <laughs> <laughs> because I hadn't cleared it with you beforehand. Yeah, so, yeah like, I do remember that. Like, wait, what's What's happening right now? Thut is going to go back to his room. He's going to open up a big chest that he has with him. And he's going to stare down in it. Uh, And he's going to see two kind of smaller bodies uh, in the the chest. Bodies? Uh, Bodies? Bodies. And he 
is going to take a, a small knife and cut his hand a little bit. He's going to take uh, what looks like some kind of uh, leather with some pores and uh, tiny hairs on it, and he's going to take out a small vial uh, from his pouch, and he's going to combine them together, sneak something in Draconic, and the two bodies will start to move. I had to trust that you had faith in me as a player that I wouldn't go like overboard or, or I, I wouldn't do something that was completely, you know, out of le- like I'll do something out of left field, but mm-hmm. then it will that it will work. Mm-hmm. Um, and soot was was one of those things. And, and I think for me, soot was a return to form uh, where coach for me was very uncomfortable. Uh, I had never hmm. really played a character like coach before where he wasn't like, like big, a bold, confident kind of. Yeah, like just very uh, boisterous and, mm-hmm. you know, like like just just this uh, personality, like all the confidence in the world. And I, I had never really played anybody like that who was also like who who had so much undeserved confidence, I guess. Normally, I, I really love playing hyper intelligent creatures. Mm-hmm. That's that's like what that's something I've discovered about myself is I love to play the conniving super intelligent uh style style creatures mm-hmm. uh, and 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 monstrous creatures too which is why soot and xx minotaur and like those things <laughs> like made me really happy to play because i love playing monstrous races xx minotaur um, monstrous not so much super intelligent <laughs> no no not well but but i feel like at least with uh him he had earned confidence like yeah. xx minotaur was strong and terrifying and like all those things pushed pushed the rod of was it the uh the, the immovable, immovable rod, rod with the natural turns out 20. to be movable yeah a, uh 30 roll that was nuts uh that was another one of my favorite moments um, that's one, probably one of my favorite moments that is like not really a part of the podcast, just implied. I love that, like, because that happened at the first use of the rod, the whole group was like, well, this is, this is a piece of garbage. It doesn't work. It wasn't a matter of, like, he did something impossible. It was yeah. like, a, this doesn't work. <laughs> just you take it. I think XX Bloody Heart has that and, like, never used it. <laughs> I've just destroyed all confidence in yeah. this, like, incredible <laughs> item. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. But, but yeah. to go back to your like, here's my chest of dead bodies moment from the DM perspective, that was, I mean, I think from the DM perspective, I think that's a moment of like, just roll with when something super out of left field, where like your immediate response is not what I was expecting. What am I going to do with this? This is clearly <laughs> going to have a big effect on things like just take one step at a time, roll with it, move forward. Cause certainly like between our sessions is when I take moments like that and turn them into everything. Those are really inspiring moments when somebody throws you something you weren't looking for. And, you know, for sure that's a moment that impacted so much as Maya dressed them up in scarves and so much that happened with them. Yeah. So like sometimes when your instinct is like, Oh, I gotta like, I gotta like contain this or like put it away somewhere because it's gonna mess things up. Don't just let it roll and let great things come out of it. And you you did a you had a lot of moments like that as it that were really really great. Soot inspired me, and and I've played creature characters PCs like him since then, just because I found out that that's what I'm really good at uh, mm-hmm. is is really drawing that line because not not all people can play evil characters or or lawful evil characters. Mm-hmm. 
in a way that works in a group. Um, and I and I wanted to I wanted to figure that out. And I'm I'm very appreciative tonight's for helping me to figure out how to play that style of character in in a way that is still endearing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I at no point did I think that like soot was at all unredeemable. And and mm-hmm. I I loved that the the campaign that that you orchestrated, I guess the best way to say it, gave Soot a way to become better. And and, and I, I also love that Soot never became a knight. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is he the only one in the in, in all the player characters that never did not become a knight? We didn't at the end of that season clarify. So some people when they like came, you know, in the next season or turned up, we kind of find out who's a knight and who's not. But I mean Pretty much. I'd have to think of who was around, but I mean, so went off and became a Commodore instead. There was no yeah. like there was no like ceremony at the end of that season. It said there was a cliffhanger. So we didn't know. Maybe Sid did, but probably not. I I, I, well, I don't think Sid had so much of a redemption arc that anybody was like, yes, definitely yes, him. We what a him. what a good little lizard man. <laughs> like, yeah, a little little dragon boy. Like, no, like that's in in and I loved that. Like I, I thought that that was so telling of Soot and being able to play a character like that, uh, and and feeling that like trust from the rest of the group. And and like you were saying, like having Maya do the things that Maya does. Like Soot very much. Like how do you not love Maya? Like mm-hmm. and 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 that was one of the things that uh, kind of loosened Soot's. Uh, you know, terrifying background, mm-hmm. and like all the all the trauma and everything that he had gone to that that, that led to those decisions. It was those things that helped to, to solve it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he set out to like use that as a tool and manipulator and it <laughs> kind of like made its way into his heart. Kind of. It really, really did. He's like, oh, yeah, I can use you. And then it really got turned around uh-huh. <laughs> like it, like, well, and, and and the cool thing about this is when you're playing a character like that, I'm always looking for those opportunities. Like, how can I subvert expectations in a way that feels organic? Mm-hmm. Um, so when Soot gets caught on the ship and is thrown in the brig and is thinking that he's going to die and the captain is showing mercy and Soot doesn't even know what to do with that. Like, I, 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 loved, I loved your captain um, because... Honeymist. Cap- yeah, Captain Honeymist. Uh, her goodness even mm-hmm. like goodness for the for this for a very specific reason it, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't out of character for her to to, to be that way i i th- those those moments really i think grounded nights like obviously obviously like everybody in that group is so good at being hilarious like everybody in there can make can make you laugh but i think it was those types of moments that grounded the campaign and mm-hmm. gave it some some gravitas and and some uh uh, some like real heart. I know yeah. we're talking about Sotola. I, I probably should be talking more about Coach because he was in the campaign longer. No, um, I think that's but... great. And I think those are, you know, th- that's my favorite part of this format and the podcast is that. And and I think D&D and the style that I prefer in general, I think my favorite part is that it can be zany and it can be fantastical, but also like the more a group of people are here occupying, together occupying characters that matter to them, the more you find yourselves in those moments that are like real, real and powerful and tearful and triumphant, the balance of the comedy with moments like that is, you know, that's what I love about storytelling in general. And this kind of, this kind of format, finding those moments organically is just 
that's the that's where the real magic is. The the the, the true magic of D and D. Yes, it's not true strike because that spell sucks. No, but the magic the worst. is in collaboration and friendship. Well, that, that's that's what happens when you add magic to a world. Like you, your scope for zaniness for wild, mm-hmm. you know, things to happen expands, you know, indefinitely. And uh, it, it doesn't make the the people, quote unquote, the people in that world less real. It doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't make their, you know, their feelings and their experiences less real. But it does allow for a huge contrast in this, like these serious moments and like how far can we push the the wackiness level? Uh, you know, how how far can that can that go out? Yeah. Well, Weston, thank you so much for chatting. It's great to catch up with you. Hopefully, we'll sneak you back into the the greater storyline soon. What some of your characters might be up to these days in the next, I don't know how long, the next hundred episodes basically comes down. So we hope up. we hope we can find you. There we go. Uh, nice. Yeah. So I, I I can't wait to be back on. That'll be a lot of fun. All right. Thank you very much. We all look forward to it. A lot of my favorite moments on the podcast have been bringing in special guests, and a few of them wanted to say hello and congratulations. So here's Alex, Dorian, Chrissy, Arik, and Tad. Congratulations, Knights of the Rolled Table, on your 100th episode. It was so fun being a part of the cast as a guest, and I wish you guys all the best, only more great adventures in the future to come. Hey everybody at Knights of the Rolled Table, uh, this is Dorian Lenz, one half of the dynamic duo Archibald Barchwald. We just wanted to say congratulations on 100 episodes. What an achievement. You guys have been working real hard on this show, and you can tell it's an amazing, amazing podcast. And uh, I'm just happy to be part of it in such a very small way. But to all of you, Zach, Jen, Jeff, Chris, Emily, everybody that has worked on the podcast in the past, congrats on 100 episodes. You deserve all the praise. Hello, Rolled Table. This is Chrissy Lenz, uh, the Barchie half of the Archie and Barchie duo. It has always been such a pleasure and a gift, not only to listen to Rolled Table, but also to be a part of it. We love you. Keep up the good work. And we can't wait to uh, roll with y'all again. Would you mind moving your goat, sir? Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, this is Arik. I was just going about the marketplace and... Sir, could the pig, please. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to congratulate you all on your 100 episodes. That's quite amazing, sir. Pig? Pig? Thank you. This is also Tad Stones, and I enjoy every episode. You guys have put together something spectacular with a great little community surrounding it. So uh, thank you for inviting me to the party, and I guess I'll get back to the marketplace. Nice dog! Wow, again, all of our guests have been so fun to work with. It's so fun to change up the cast and get some new energy in the room and play with you all. 
Thank you so much once again to Jessica Towson, Burtness, Mark Crespo, Emily Frank, Jordan Peel, Alex Detta, Chrissy Lenz, Dorian Lenz, Meryl Streep, Chanel Mize, Lenny Rivera, Tad Stones, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Matt Acevedo, David Armstrong, Calvin Daly, Rory Frank, Violet Stones, President Barack Obama, Chris Reed, and Gordy Fitzgerald. You have all been awesome. We really, really appreciate you. Full disclosure, not every one of those people has actually been a guest on the podcast. Some of them I just wanted to think. We have your three seasonal DMs here. It's just the three of us kind of by chance tonight because Jenna's out sick and Matt is taking care of his daughter. And so we thought for this extravaganza, we'd take a little moment and talk a little bit about the DM experience so far and how it's developed each uh, each season. So we got Jeff and Zach and Chris are here. Hello. So like, you know, what are your thoughts, guys, on like DMing so far and how it's been? I mean, I think specifically the like handing off experience between each season is probably interesting to chat about kind of what you took from previous seasons and how you stepped it up. Well, I think the, the first thing to mention is, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit in season one recap, how or maybe it was the season two recap because we had, that was the first time that we that we did hand off mm-hmm. from from you to me mm-hmm. and how we were like, we'll see if this works, because I know that the end of the first season, I know like myself, I was kind of like, I don't know. And Weston was like, I don't know about this. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, there was a couple of us that we were like, well, we'll see if this works. But but we're all into improv and we're all into yes and we're and we are, are I think that allowed us to be okay with trying it out. And we were just mm-hmm. like, Hey, if it fails, at least we tried. Now we know like specifically and, around the context of, on the, on of, the idea yeah, of switching DMS, mm-hmm. switching DMS and, and continuing the story, but having a different voice and mm-hmm. whatnot. So, but I think, uh, I think there's 90% of what, what we're doing works like, like <laughs> of, of that format of just like, uh, you know, hey, let's now you take the baton and you run with the world. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's been really fun. You ha- you definitely have to trust in each other. I had to trust that Jeff wasn't going to just like, and now everyone's a pig, you know, like, <laughs> which you know, you <laughs> that was on the whiteboard. Jeff. That was on the whiteboard. <laughs> so everyone you, turns into a swine. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, and, and or or it's a tonal shift, like completely like, I knew mine was going to have some weird, wacky stuff in it. And I, I, if, if Zach's was too serious or too whatever, you know, like just like tonally mm. switching, you know, the audience would have been like, this is a completely different show. And I, I think we've all kind of had a similar voice, but a slightly different DM style, yeah. uh, which, which works really well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's worked out really well for kind of like re-energizing things and, you know, for sure. Like, there's some clunkiness in the big plot. I'm sure like if you wanted to go through and find plot holes, there would be a lot of, well, in season three, they were doing this, but in season two, it was this, but like, you know, for sure. I think it, it's worth it for like a unique format. Oh no, we, we know what's going to happen <laughs> at the end. We, we know this is not like lost. This no. is, we know what's going to happen right from the first season. Right, Jeff. Yep. We read. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's all on a hidden whiteboard. <laughs> in Jeff's garage. Yeah, it's guarded by the cricket. Yeah, the cricket in this it's behind this curtain. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but and I think it's also been good. Like, I think it's a cool format. I would like preach to just groups to use because, like, I'm in, so many D and group D groups. I think are just stuck with like one DM is the holder of everything, and either they're a little bit power hungry and they do what they want, and just nobody challenges them because they don't want to have to DM themselves, or they're like super burned out and they're like, "Oh my god, I have to do another session." Yeah, and so it's such a great thing to like you know share the share the joys and the burdens of dming because it is or, a lot but or, awesome. or just have two like just have two people do it or three yeah. like half the have group team. maybe not not everybody has to part of the fun of dming is having those big surprise moments like oh you know like a, like i love doing reveals and kind of big surprises and stuff and you know as long as you have a few people that have mm-hmm. that i think that's good uh if if everybody does it it might be a little tricky because then it's like well, who, who, who are you surprising yeah. really? Cause everybody's certainly a one count continuity of every single person is a DM. That's, mm-hmm. but even just rough. switching off with one other person, I think is, is a fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Format. So you DMs out there, if you're burned out, like choose a, choose a Padawan, grab somebody in your group and be like, okay, you're doing a one shot. And in one month <laughs> you're doing a one shot, you'll be great. And they probably will be. Or, or do a tangent story, like mm-hmm. take that character or that NPC and like build some characters around them and do a, have them run a six episode side quest and, and just, you can be a player, you know, and, and then stuff that happens from, from that can have ramifications in your main Mm -hmm. storyline when you come back and guess what? You get to figure out what that is because Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's your main story. Yeah. That's been a really fun, invigorating thing too. like stepping back into season three, like taking things that you had added and, grabbing onto that and turning that into stuff like picking each other's ideas and building off them has been like really inspiring i think when you when you start getting into a place of like okay now i gotta tell a story again and what am i gonna do that there's a bunch of new toys to pick up Mm -hmm. that other people have laid down and that's something i love about let's let's play this game so i'll say what i liked picking up from season one and then you say what you liked picking up from season two in season three mm-hmm. and then so on and so forth. So in season two, uh, I, I liked uh, the, I mean, obviously having two characters carry over, mm-hmm. you know, uh, was, was kind of a neat way to continue the continuity of the overall world and having the, uh, the idea that there were different nights you know, because we only met like, I think, three mm-hmm. other established knights in season one. So I got to kind of play with like, OK, there are a couple of knights in this other realm. And you don't know who they are. And you know who they are. And and but 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 we've known what that is. We, we've seen the ceremony. And so, you know, I, I, that's that's kind of the, you know, the, the simple little next step of like, yeah, they're out there and and they're recruiting but now these other characters who are knights might be the recruitees or recruiters um for other people you know because we had i think two characters or no yeah two two characters that no wait one character that was a knight the only coach was mm-hmm. was the only one that was actually a knight and the others mm-hmm. were not um <laughs> so like that there was that moment where uh coach and uh the um 
the the other monk, the dwarf mm-hmm. that he had, like when everybody was on their dates in season two, and he's like, "Oh, you're you're one of these. You're <laughs> you're a knight," and and he's like, "Oh, that's cool." So that was kind of a fun moment. I was like, "Oh, this is going to happen a lot more, where like knights meet other knights and they don't know. Mm-hmm. They realize that you know we we've had a few of those moments where it's like, oh hey, you know, which is kind of fun." Uh, so so Zach, what did you? Now it's your turn from from season in season three from season from two season into two. season three yeah man when i try to figure out like what was actually in my head when it happened it's all a blur things don't like solidify until they're recorded and i get to listen back to them but for sure like the introduction of the platinum syndicate was a chris original the name and everything the notion that there's like an evil team was the big i i think of that as like that's the big contribution of season two to the overall plot each season has kind of like a big piece that complicates everything and is going to like go forward. And that was definitely the addition from the first season being kind of like the knights exist. And also just kind of like the introduction of concepts, like there's portals in the Feywild and things. And those are important, but season one is basically secret organization knights right at the end. Season two was evil secret organization, platinum syndicate. What's up with this? And then I think beyond that was just kind of like, taking the awesome stuff you did and trying to like step it up trying to like you know you did a really good arc of uncovering mysteries planting seeds along the way like i'm super impressed by listening back to the first couple of episodes and how much you were setting up and planning out that was going to be important later because those episodes are really fun to listen back to having heard the season and be like, Oh, here's where he like dropped this. Here's where he dropped that. And was sort of like seeding things. And so that was kind of like raising the bar for me as a DM. And so, Thanks. I mean, I think it, it was like a big, the story was a big, like bad person trying to take over big scheme. And so I would definitely like sat into like, a, where do we go from here? How do we kind of like step that up? And that kind of led me to the idea of this kind of like, what is the platinum syndicate plan? What does that mean into this idea of like, okay, so they have this big plan of everything. I also, at that point in the kind of like arc of the big story was thinking like, it's about time for things to go bad in the story. It's like empire strikes back kind of moment. Things are bad. So I wanted to get it to like, have a, have a fun season that could end have a positive ending, but also end in a like, oh no, where we go from here kind of moments. And then that led me to yeah. like, there's this like global takeover. And I was going to say you referenced this earlier, but thinking about my favorite moments or favorite things that I did throughout our whole run, one of them might be the like idea to bring in Jeff as Giaka. <laughs> um, that contributed. He did such a great job with that. And it's so changed the pace and and like stepped up the like vibe of season three and was also just a concept that we've played with a lot and so the co-dm mm-hmm. that was super fun mm-hmm. and this is the way it worked out was so helpful it was a nice break within the seasons within episodes for me to be able to like occupy some npcs while he just went with it and to create so much like texture and fun it worked really well and he just did a good job like jumping in when he needed to and then going back to and, and we're talking about like padawaning a uh, DM to kind of step up. I think that's a great way to get somebody in there because you get to do the the fun part of like building a small world, but you don't have to like think about how this ties to a bigger plot structure and like is is it going to be in this 
three act situation will everybody feel vindicated by the way that the story goes like no i'm just imagining taverns situations Mm -hmm. small encounters things to discover and then like adding that to it so um yeah if i could throw something in there yeah be a town be a place be a (laughs) you know just dm because you're doing the dm work but in such a small confined way that is uh, almost just the best parts yeah, the genesis of that, I've mentioned this before, but the genesis of that was just Jen and Chris asking in our session zero, like, we'd like to do some shopping. And I'm like, oh, I have to make, make a town and have like shopkeepers and like stuff Ugh. like, hey, wait, Jeff wasn't going to be in this beginning of fight of the season. And I felt kind of bad about that. Hey, Jeff, want to do this part for me? And man, that worked out well. <laughs> it's good times. How about for you, Jeff? Jeff? What did you kind of take on leading into season four that inspired you? Well, I felt like I had um, an idea or I had like a sense of like this building up of the nights and like all this as we were doing season three and as that was kind of coming to an end. And so it felt like it was like, oh, okay, like, man, I'm really gonna have to like sit down and like, I could be over here. I could like kind of, um, you know, but almost in like a bad way, like, gosh, it could almost be anything. Um, but at the very end, when you played that or when you had that like message that was from sent Sora. to all the knights, yeah, from mm-hmm. Sora, that was like the, you know, the ministry has fallen. Um, that to me was like, holy moly, okay, this all now I have a thing to do, mm-hmm. which is to make everybody suspicious of the whole thing. And like, how could this big organization that we've said is this like impervious um you know bastion of only good people how can we like start to poke holes in that and and what direction how could i make something that like challenges that idea mm-hmm. and so that was just like a great a great gift at the very end that was like oh well now i know exactly where i'm going to go with it <laughs> um And so, yeah, that just led me off in the direction that we went with um, wanting to like not make it to like challenge everybody as players because the narrative had challenged the idea of the reality. So like to add another layer of challenging the players and like adding, you know, two casts and not knowing who was going to be good and who was bad and like, what does that actually mean now? Um, was super easy to do once I had that kind of little last uh, idea from you. So thanks. You're welcome. Of note, also, Jeff's a big James Bond fan, and I could very much feel him (laughs) playing like, let's do secret spy missions (laughs) towards that scene, which was fun. That was fun. Love it. I I do at some point want to go in a whole different direction with this podcast and do a completely modern uh setting i was that was something that i was thinking about doing before that big twist uh at the end of season three was like i bet i could uh, you know if they're gonna give me the the keys to this thing i could take it off road Um, modern cities guns yeah like just yeah exactly just completely in the present day i would have have violently revolted against that (laughs) i'd say bring it on this is the end of the podcast Um, so yeah look you know uh, so stay tuned for uh, season seven when I when I do that. Completely jump forward. Yes, jump jump the uh, the proverbial shark with legs. 
Mm-hmm. The laser sharks. Um, well, season five, without I guess without giving away too much, I think that one of the big things I took from season four from Jeff is uh, that w- one is that when XX Bloody Heart was revealed to be gone, um, I liked the idea of like, oh, a knight is missing. Like, mm-hmm. like, and what what happened to him? And what if it was multiple people from the Great Calamity were not accounted for? And so that kind of, in my mind, I was like, that's a, that's a cool seed because we, we need a purpose that all these like two groups of knights that haven't met each other can rally behind, which is we need to, we need to regroup and we need to find people that are, you know, higher up in level, you know, like that are veteran knights. Um, and, and we need to find them. We need to like go after them, even if we don't know them, it's, it just sort of shows like a brotherhood, like, um, you know, like we, we need to support this, the team that we've invested in. Um, so I kind of, I mean, that was, the, I think that was the biggest thing. Um, but also like previously having stuff like Sora's message and just that idea of like, there is this sort of way to communicate and there's ways to get around and things like that. So having, having the thing that I just gave to y'all with, uh, the communication through the tattoo and like actually having the tattoo instead of just like an identifier, like, Oh, now it's got some arcane abilities and um, sort of taking that inspiration from, you know, it's not just a brand or a, uh, a mark. It's mm-hmm. there is some got like stuff going on. You're, you, you're, you're given some special abilities now and like it's, and it might evolve mm-hmm. um, as the characters evolve. I guess say one of my favorite moments of season five so far was a little message from uh Bartleby and Biscuit hanging out together in their little tech booth, wherever they are. That was a very great moment. In Falcon Reach. Playing both characters. Yeah. Yeah. This is a floating city. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, hey, do you want to come in and say hi? Are you talking to us? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll say hi. Uh, hi. Hi. Is this for all the nuts? Biscuit. Hey, howdy. Hey. Hey, y'all. My name is Biscuit. Um, Y'all, y'all know that this is a floating city? It's the darndest thing. It's floating in the sky. Yeah, how you doing? You okay, man? They can't hear No. This is a magical message. So you say that and nothing happens. Biscuit, are you in the rock? Well, any other last thoughts? I, can we conceptually talk about like DMing in the future? Hello, Knights of the Rolled Table. This is Zach coming to you from the editing booth, putting this episode together. And here's a little announcement I found it necessary to include. This is kind of weird, but the rest of this episode might include spoilers. Because we're going to talk about things that we envision maybe happening in the next hundred or so episodes as we continue this arc. And those episodes aren't made yet and are going to be largely improvised and created by different people. So I don't actually know if some of the things we're about to talk about will become important parts of the story. So just fully out there in the world of improv i thought it would be a good time to announce that if you want to be completely spoiler free and not be given any ideas about what might happen or potentially avoid disappointment for things that we talk about and you really want to happen that don't end up happening you might want to skip the rest of this episode but if you want to go on this journey with us and talk about visions of the future and what we might envision Uh, happening then please continue to join us on this 100 or so episode spectacular
we can not publish it if we can't, but like thoughts on where you want this to go from the DM perspective. You know, I'm trying to think I, what I can say. Yeah. I, I think what's, what I hope anybody that is like write or die for this podcast and like is honestly like listening in and, and tracking everything. And it's not just our, you know, friends and neighbors being polite to download it. Um, There's like at least three people I know. Great. So, <laughs> so to them, what I hope is the thing that's enjoyable about it is that it just can, you know, kind of like real life, like things can just kind of sprawl in directions and you can fall into like following new storylines and following new threads and like seeing how things go. But like when to echo what Zach said about hearing the message from Biscuit, who we had met in the last season and Bartleby like together is like, oh yeah, they would do that. That would be what they, they're exactly like complementary to each other. And like, mm-hmm. that's, cool to see and like that what a neat thing to because i know both of those characters and and got to like live through with them for some amount of time like that's a great thing and so more important than like a big crescendo or like a big you know giant epic um avengers fight moment that like solves all the problems i think what is neat is to see the way in which this world can be um, discovered and we can kind of make interesting connections um, in it and and just keep that going until it feels right to kind of be done with that and hopefully that's never <laughs> yeah I don't know I'm I, I'm a very like completionist with when it comes to like story so like I, I've done two web comics where I'm like I have to finish this there has to be some sort of conclusion, but, mm-hmm. but I also realize that not everybody's storylines is going to necessarily like wrap up in a nice little bow. And there might be, since we have so many characters, it's not like a traditional D and D podcast where it's like five characters, you know, meet mm-hmm. in a bar and then 11 levels late, later, they fight a dragon God or whatever. And so, I mean, we're not going to have that. Like, uh, I think at some point there's going to be a, a final season where there's a final team of, of a p- final party and uh, whoever that is. And, uh, and I don't even know who's going to DM, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see like kind of how it all comes together of like, you know, who, who are we going to pick? It's almost like a, the, the last round of street fighter. It's like, okay, who are you going to fight? Mm-hmm. You know, like, who are we going to pick for this final round? And yeah, I feel like story-wise, like, we're kind of at the point like my vision of like the rest of things and definitely going to a conclusion is like all of our seasons so far have been expansions and new characters and new ideas. And I feel like we're about at the point to start taking all that we've generated and working on like weaving it together and together and together. Like there's been a lot of moments recently where there's been like a fun little, and I feel like season five may be completely filled with these. There's been a callback to a character but it's only a fun callback to us as players because none of the actual characters in there, like when Drake blood moon was revealed and we knew who that was, but none of the players knew who that was like, Mm -hmm. that's a big fun moment, but also I want more opportunities to have the moments where the people would know who that was and flip out are there and more like, it's really, I think a process of thinking through like all that we've created and, 
what would be fun moments? What would be two characters we know that would be great to meet each other? What are things, what are, what are the natural things that like would bring this particular character storyline home? Like, I think we can start thinking about those and finding ways to like take all these things we've, all these like threads we've pulled out and see how many we can weave together in interesting ways. So I think that's really in like the improv format where you're, where you're contributing and creating, like it's easy to create a bunch of stuff, but I feel like the most, the coolest improv moments are when you take two things that were generated a while ago and all of a sudden they like connect in a moment that makes you go, of course, like what Jeff just described with Bartleby and, and uh, Biscuit being together doing tech stuff. Of course. Oh, that's so awesome. If we never saw Biscuit or Bartleby again, just knowing that they were, and I'm sure we will, but just knowing that they were together doing that is such a like, oh, perfect. Um, so I feel like there's just so much potential for stuff like that. And like, you know, if it comes down to a final team, you know, how we get down to that team, I think is a lot of like, this person goes down doing this, this person goes off to do this other thing. This person gets killed sacrificing for this. This person finally gets the, the G shop that he always wanted. <laughs> that kind of stuff will be fun to think about. Yeah. The, uh, I, I think you, it's, it's a good point. Like it's, we're at the point where the characters are maybe all the characters we're going to meet. I mean, we'll, we'll meet some, we'll meet some new characters, I'm sure like NPCs and stuff, but maybe there's maybe the, the, the final windup of, of whatever this ultimate evil or, or greatest threat or something like that. Um, there's definitely seeds and, and we've talked a little bit offline of like what that could be and who that could be, or mm -hmm. if it's one person or, or several people. And, sort of the master plan of the platinum syndicate. Um, and I love, by the way, the idea, which I, I, I don't know if, if this was Jeff's idea in season four, and it was kind of revealed in season four of basically like all of the elites are just having a battle Royale of like <laughs> who can win, like who's going to survive the, the longest. I was sort of like started in, in season three with, mm -hmm. uh, uh, what's his name? Captain drop, drop off, off making off his power water, play, water and, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm going to take over this thing. And then like that didn't work. And, and then like, it's, and then the, the two, uh, go hall and, and mm. Decius going against each other in season four of like, Oh, okay. This is interesting. So that's that idea. That, actually... That's a cool concept of just like, they have their own thing and they don't even care what's happening with the good guys, but now they kind of do because, mm because they're hunting them they're like now we know who everybody is because of the traitor knights uh mm -hmm. and now they're now they're hunting and they're trying to eliminate that idea of the kind of like battle royale came from me and it wasn't like a big idea that i had it was like it was creating some rules of trying to fill in the backstory of the platinum syndicate like the idea of like the way to really overcome this like group of realms that had held together for a long, long time would be attack them all at the same time with different forces, and then they couldn't help each other. And so you could overwhelm them. And then it was just really just following through some logic of like, how would that come together? How would a bunch of bad guys get together and agree to do that? Like what would happen? And it really just came out of following through that logic of like, well, the kind of person that would agree to do that, you know, they're not 
the kind of people who want to take over a whole realm, like they're not all going to be like, okay, we did it. Good job. High five guys. They're definitely going to eventually turn on each other. So whether it was the agreement or just inevitable, it just kind of like fell through to like, this is going to happen. Like, what if that was the plan? What if that was the plan? We're going to agree to do this. And then, you know, it's like they're playing standing wins evil risk and evil survivor yeah. at the same time. And it's just, they're making alliances and then they're eventually just going to stab each other in the back. Yeah. And it works. Also, I, I like the idea that people stepping back for a second, like, I, you know, I think all three of us and even Jen and Matt, when they've done their one shots, like, you know, we we're doing all these little Easter eggs and, and fun moments and stuff for us, you know, and if other people that listen, enjoy that and they're following along and they're able to be like, oh, I like that, that callback from season mm-hmm. one or whatever. Great. But like, ultimately, it's just if we're having a good time. Yeah. And, and we get fun. it like, you know, that's that's I'm doing it for. I'm coming up with these moments because I hope y'all get it. And and I hope that the audience gets it too, but I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, you're, you're my friends are the ones that are the, the, the ones I'm creating the story for, or like you're creating the story for us, you know, yeah. when you're in charge of it. Yeah. So know your place audience. Okay. Know your place. <laughs> you know, well, no, you. it's not about you. We're still waiting for that. Uh, Please like table wiki that somebody can make, you know, yeah, like jump all on in there. Characters. Well, at the end of towards the end of season four, because everybody was going to be in with each other, I actually had to sit down and create a spreadsheet that (laughs) I had each of you fill out to let to like put down on paper who knew which character and at what let like when. Yeah. Known of met in person. Yes. uh, Seen like, yeah, there was this whole thing like a spreadsheet of like going across. Right. Because. Like it was like, I don't, I don't remember who knows. I don't know what every character yeah. knows. And so it's, it's, yeah, we had a good wiki going mm-hmm. hundreds <laughs> of pages that are just stub articles. Well, this concludes uh, uh, DMs nook. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll no, come up with a name no. sooner or later. <laughs> DM cranny. DM's cranny. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds dirty. Uh, Cranny sounds dirtier than Nook. Yeah, I, I think like it does. Cranny. Mm, the I, DM I pit. <laughs> <laughs> the DM crevice. The DM orifice. None of these work. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, like most DMs, we've talked way too long and we need to make room for players. We'll, we'll give way to whatever else is included in this special. Great to talk to you all and great to talk to, to you DMs, Likewise. Jeff and Chris. And, and uh, we'll see you at the next session. Hello once again, Knights of the Rolled Table. We now have our current cast assembled, all one, two, three, four, five, six of us in season five. And we're just going to wrap this episode up a little bit with some uh, a look towards the future. You've heard everybody reminisce about some favorite moments. So uh, y'all, uh, we've done a hundred episodes in the next however many episodes. What, what are the, some things that you would like to see? What do you look forward to? As we, as we continue this grand adventure, space travel. <gasps> Obviously, TNT in space. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. If Fast and the Furious could do it. We easily could. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they did what? <laughs> 
No, that was the thing. That's that's we could do a full <laughs> podcast episode about. We should definitely the model the rest of the podcast <laughs> on the Fast and the Furious universe. Just the I mean, the last episode. Spoilers. We're a family. <laughs> family. Also, <laughs> we just did our uh, kids D and D episode, and I feel like they should just be regulars, and maybe we should all be background characters because <laughs> it was pretty epic. I'm not against it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, it was a lot better content than we're able to provide. I feel like the plot will go forward a lot faster with them because they're constantly (laughs) they get bored. This is what happens. Yeah, there was a point at the end when they were like, and then we did it. And it's over. Yay. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I was like, wait, (laughs) guys, I made some denouement. (laughs) (laughs) okay but uh leaving space and children temporarily out of it are there things you look forward to characters you want to meet that you want to meet like each other are there parts of stories that you want to return to are there what do you envision happening what's one thing that you want to pack into the next hundred episodes i would love to find out what's happened to some of our uh player characters that we haven't seen in a while just yeah. to find out like where they've been. Yeah. Coach would be a great example coach. that, uh, that, that would be awesome. I want to find out what happened to Lyra. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Jess Burton is back on. Hear that Jess. <laughs> That's your call to action. There you go. She probably Get over here, but, but I will text Put her right the now. On. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd I'm, like to get her hubby on too. Yeah, yeah. Get some I'm H-A. curious about the the, the uh, just the knights organization in general of because it seems like they've gone you know they've gone underground and several of them have been missing and like there's this sort of Legion of Doom you know <laughs> other like evil organization the Platinum Syndicate and it's just I'm 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 looking forward to as a player and a DM to see how it all comes together and what that means and you know who's in charge and everything like that i'm looking forward to that as a player as a dm i'm terrified of it because we're gonna have to figure (laughs) out trying to make that all work but that's definitely going to be a collective effort a dm summit Ooh, (laughs) what if we do I Go mean, ahead, I think all great series uh, need some prequels. So, you mm. know, let's see, young, uh, I don't know. Young I do want to do flashbacks. We did that, like, how the, we did that, how the first uh, uh, episode, the first season uh, characters met, which was fun. I would love to do, like, Massimo Romara and uh, who's their monk friend from season two? Oh, yeah. Callum. Like Callum, yeah. yes. Like their <laughs> their crew getting together when they were young would be fun to go back to, or various flashbacks would be neat to revisit. I just, I really have fun, like just like dropping into different like corners of our little world and seeing. So we could go back a hundred years and see, um, uh, see, God, what what's the name? What's the, silly, what's the silly name of the inventor that? Eventually- oh, oh yeah, Voopty Doo, and the, and how he made of how he made Carver and and like these these killer warforged and um and yeah and the the first battle uh, it it'd be very like Game of Thrones prequel kind of you know like the whole like previous generation of knights could be knights fun of the, 
Knights of the Old Realms. <laughs> the founding of the Knights, the founding of the Order. Uh-huh. We're tapping into something here. I think we could uh, have some fun with a villains season, like a season f- where we all play characters in the villainous organization. Um, that could be kind of cool. I'm in. Cut that from the uh, podcast because that's, yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> Cut that from the publish. We're not brainstorming. We're, we're just doing dumb predictions. <laughs> I'm saying it would be fun. <laughs> How about a future, right? Like we jump to all of our characters' kids. Are very all of the current characters are very old or dead, <laughs> and then this is like the new generation of knights. I am old. Or we could do like <laughs> the uh, what's the one? Is it the Expendables or like oh, yeah. have our have our characters, but like as old people? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Too old for this. Well, I mean, you like, have to it's get like the those, team back together. <laughs> the Marvel, the Marvel uh, old man, like you know, like old person series or like Death of series. Like we could do like a whole thing with that. Ooh, this is their last adventure. Ooh, or we could do what if style. <laughs> oh yeah, what if? What if would mm. be fun? Zombies. Zombies. What, if, what if Gravely hadn't made that shot arrow and they're just standing <laughs> outside with the arrow and the gate, and they're just standing outside the That's gate, it. and it's everyone's just dead. What if? What if the camouflage worked? <laughs> hey, I think we figured out it did work. All right, we've tapped into many great ideas. These and many more will be featured, maybe, maybe not, in the next Probably many not. episodes. It has been a huge honor to do this many with all of you. What Thank if Creme so Brulee with a rock uh, actually took off as a Let's delicacy? <laughs> I am down for that. Jarek would be so down for the alternative history where either yeah. the rock didn't fall in the creme brulee or yeah. it worked out very well for him from, then, from were... then on he was like dominant over yeah. sarsa like what if snake <laughs> dogs were the were a preferred pet in inside marcasia oh the snake no. dogs very have you had, no. do you have a snake dog mine's called <laughs> <laughs> i just had it groomed it's molting mm. it's shedding and molting at the same time <laughs> mm. very in sorry zach i was I talked over your... I was trying to wrap it up all nice, but... Go ahead, do it again. Join us for the next 100 episodes where some of You know, two of, of the these... things I was thinking about were um, <laughs> that we could, um, you know, have like... You don't have to, thank you. Yes. And, uh, yes. yeah, what's up? What's up? Uh, do you hear Zach? He was trying to wrap it up. Oh, I'm sorry. Zach, please Zach, I think do you the wrap up again. Anyway, well, I just want to thank all of you and really invite you all. Really, having more to- a little bit more, uh, Jarek and Massimo. I just like that. I feel like could be its own one-off series. I would watch it. Like oh, maybe Jen, both of Jen. them being dads at the same time would be funny. Yeah, that would be good <gasps> with like Dad baby Bjorns with like the yeah. like metal armor baby Bjorns and yeah, yep, that's like in. it's them uh-huh. like with their kids like it like versus the world. Hey, you can even do like kid, not I yet. Mean, not yet, but like him and Ramar settling that. down, or I mean, yeah. Wait, wait, Jarek's with Maramara? No, no. I'm sorry. One day, Jarek will have a kid. He might have kids. You don't know. What episode did I miss? None of them have kids, but in the future, they will. Well, let's just turn it into a soap opera. I'm not really Jarek. I'm Jarek's <laughs> evil twin. Derek. I mean, that would make it really interesting <laughs> if Jarek and maybe Jarek and Massimo, like, they, they, go, they, they throw some weird parties and, like. Mm. You know, maybe they're just a thruple. I don't know. You know, these things happen. 
Anyway, that and other ideas may be involved in future episodes. But until then, thank you for joining us for these hundred plus episodes. And we will see you for the next many more. Anybody going to interrupt? Okay. All right. Hooray! (laughs) Um, It has been a true honor to join all of you in person for a few years. And then the world ended. And then we figured out videos and sort of and... We're now connecting. It's been a huge, I think it's been huge for all of our mental health to be able to like link up and join each other in this fantasy world throughout pandemics and, and everything in between. So thank you all. Thank you all out there who've been listening and uh, go out and make wait, life. Wait, wait. Uh, I have an idea. Okay, Chris. <laughs> Let's, no, Chris, we can, you, we can say go name? out and make mm-hmm. life an adventure, but we each say uh, one word in that and we all say adventures to get together. Go out. And make life and adventure. adventure. <laughs>